Welcome to Marx's Voice, bringing you ideas and analysis from Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider. Or visit our website at www.socialist.net where you can donate and subscribe to our paper online and help support us in the struggle for socialism. Normally uh, in the show I'd be joined by some sort of guest from the labour movement but tonight it's just going to be me and I'm going to be talking about a quite scandalous uh, report that's come to light in the last couple of days. Uh, It's an article in the Sunday Times, that uh, Murdoch broadsheet, uh, big business broadsheet uh, owned by the the millionaire mogul, uh, media mogul Rupert Murdoch. And this report, as the headline suggests, is quite a scathing investigation into the criminal uh, errors, really, that were made by the Tory government in the weeks leading up to the pandemic uh, arriving in Britain. Uh, And really, the conclusion is a very damning one. Uh, It's very, uh, you know, uh, no uncertain terms is is it revealed, basically, that Boris Johnson was asleep at the wheel. It says, it said here, that he missed five Cobra meetings, that he was missing in action, that vital equipment was uh, not procured, that testing was not done, that plans weren't put in place, that scientists were, uh, you know, had their warning uh, calls ignored. And all of this, the, the, the article concludes, as it says at the top, led to the deaths of thousands of people, unnecessary deaths. And really, I think we have to highlight what this report is saying. It's not saying it in the same terms that we would say, obviously. But in reality, what this is highlighting is murder. This is highlighting that the Tories, because of their negligence, because of their arrogance, because, uh, actually, as the report itself says, it's incompetence, austerity, and hubris that have led to the deaths of thousands of people. And that is murder, just as the mistakes made by the Tories led to the Grenfell disaster, murdering hundreds of people. Now we're talking about thousands. And it's no coincidence that you see time and time again the Tories putting our lives on the line because of their arrogance, because of their incompetence. They are uh, the political representatives of the ruling class, of the capitalist class. They only care about profits. They don't care about lives. And what this report really reveals is just how far that fact went in the weeks uh, leading up to the, the pandemic arriving in Britain. And even when it had arrived, the complete uh, kind of apathy and inertia and indifference that the the Tories showed at the top because of their contempt for ordinary people, because of their concern just to keep profits going. And really, it's just, uh, it's just a litany of fatal errors that are outlined in this report. As I said, it talks about the failure to procure uh, protective equipment, personal protective equipment. And in fact, what you saw was the equipment was actually going in the other direction to China, uh, well, meanwhile, austerity had dwindled British stocks in the NHS down to incredibly low levels. There was a huge scarcity of basic equipment like gloves and uh, masks and ventilators as well. There was not enough ventilators to, to match the predicted demand of the crisis. And so Boris Johnson finally, late in the day, appealed to big business to, uh, to, to produce these things in what he called tactlessly the Operation Last Gasp, appealing to big manufacturers like Dyson, like Mercedes and uh, 
and uh, Formula One, other Formula One companies uh, to try and produce these uh, vital machines. But what have we got? A few weeks on, none of these have seen the light of the day. All, all of the designs, the prototypes have been ruled uh, not, you know, not to be sufficient. Uh, they don't meet the requirements needed to be used on the ground. And so instead, uh, once again, we see how the, the, the free market has been unable to provide. And, and this again shows, you know, Boris Johnson was just trying to get some nice little contracts for his mates like James Dyson, the head of, uh, of, of that, that famous Brexit supporting uh, manufacturing boss. And meanwhile, we have uh, a severe shortage of these vital pieces of equipment. You also see in the report outlined uh, talk of how there was almost no testing done in the run up to the pandemic, even while the WHO was saying test, test, test. They say you must test in order to identify and quarantine people in order to control the outbreak. But instead, uh, we didn't do any of this. And one of the people quoted is the head of, a, of an organization in Britain that represents private laboratories and, and testing facilities. And she said it wasn't until the 1st of April that the government got in touch about doing some mass testing. Meanwhile, in countries like Germany, they, they implemented such testing uh, programs. And the result is today they have a fraction of the number of the deaths that Britain has. Meanwhile, Britain is going on uh, looking like it's going to be the, uh, the biggest in Europe in terms of the number of deaths and second only to figures like uh, seen in uh, the USA, where Donald Trump has uh, given even Boris Johnson a run for his money in terms of showing incompetence and uh, a complete uh, failure to, to get a grip on this crisis, similar also to Bolsonaro in Brazil. All of these people, these reactionary leaders who play down uh, the crisis, played it down completely until it was upon them and wasted valuable days and weeks that have allowed this virus to get out of control, exponentially grow. And I don't think it's complete coincidence you see these kind of figures showing such similar characteristics. In fact, if you look back at history, uh, you can see that all kind of failed, uh, rotten regimes have always seemed incompetent and out of touch when uh, when they face their final moments in, in the most decisive uh, moments in history. You always see similar kind of uh, personal characteristics, personal clownish uh, behavior, buffoonish kind of imbecile uh, types coming to the surface. And uh, Leon Trotsky actually described this very well in his history of the Russian Revolution, saying that at the end of the day, the reason all of these figures seem so out of touch and uh, come across so arrogant and aloof and distant from the suffering that's going on around them, like Louis XVI and his, uh, his spoiled, decadent wife, Marie Antoinette, who told the masses to go eat cake when they were starving uh, out in the fields in the cities just before the French Revolution came and lobbed off the, uh, the heads of uh, Marie Antoinette and her husband. Similarly, you see the same sort of uh, kind of uh, ridiculous behavior being uh, displayed by the, the Tsar in uh, Russia on the eve of the Russian Revolution. You see famously Emperor Nero uh, fiddling while Rome burnt, uh, as the, the proverb famously goes. And Trotsky says that all of these kind of figures ultimately re reflect the same thing, which is the fact that if you defend a rotten regime, if you are the representative of a decaying senile system, then your actions will appear mad and uh, ridiculous, and you will seem impotent in the face of these uh, titanic events. As Trotsky says, quoting an ancient Greek proverb, whom the gods wish to destroy, they first make mad. And that's why you see in this report, it outlined how, how 
Boris was not just absent from Cobra meetings, but was absent from government altogether. He wasn't even in London for for weeks on end. He was busy, you know, drunk on his uh, December election victory. He was celebrating uh, Brexit Day on the 31st of January. He was out in his countryside retreat with his his pregnant fiancée celebrating the, the, the their engagement and uh, their child on the way. Meanwhile, you know, ministers back in Whitehall were given no directions. And yet there was these clear warning signs coming out from the scientific community saying if you don't uh, restrict the virus, if you don't control it, it's going to you know, spread through the whole population and kill hundreds of thousands of people. But yet the government, one of the reasons it didn't even bother with testing was it basically was planning uh, for this. Ministers at the top were, were treating coronavirus just like another winter flu where you do just let it rip through the population and uh, a few people die, but you develop herd immunity. And this fated phrase has become infamous now uh, as, as the government's failed strategy. They were trying to impose up until uh, the, the, the last minute when suddenly they were forced into a U-turn, a screeching U-turn, and forced to impose similar measures to see yeah, that scene in Italy, in France, in Spain, where lockdowns were implemented. Why? Because suddenly modelling by scientists showed that, yes, hundreds of thousands were going to die as a result of this herd immunity strategy. And even those numbers were too much for the Tories to uh, stomach. And that's why suddenly the lockdown was brought in place. Even then, you saw how big business was allowed to get away with keeping construction sites open, running non-essential production, keeping retail going, which was clearly not necessary, putting workers on the line, basically putting their lives on the line. And again, the Tories, the representatives of big business, turning a blind eye to this unscrupulous behaviour of the bosses, which we've covered in uh, previous interviews and episodes on Marxist Voice. But now, suddenly, you know, you see all of this uh, scandal coming to light in the Sunday Times and all the rest of the capitalist media singing from the, the same hymn sheet has chimed in. Keir Starmer up till now has been the invisible man, barely criticising the government, uh, only rearing his head to offer up his services to be involved in some sort of national government. Suddenly he's also laying into the government. So that raises a lot of other questions. Why have the whole of the media, the establishment, has been so quiet on all of these things? They've been evident for a long time. Reuters actually covered uh, similar uh, kind of events and, and incidents in an article a couple of weeks ago. Even in Socialist Appeal and Marxist Voice, we were talking about these uh, these these scandalous uh, errors and mistakes that the Tories were making because of hubris and indifference and contempt uh, for the working class. We were covering that right at the beginning, uh, over a month ago of this whole process. So what uh, has changed? Why suddenly now has it come to light? Why the establishment now uh, laying into Boris Johnson uh, in quite scathing terms? Well, clearly the establishment has never fully uh, reconciled themselves with Boris Johnson. He's always been a bit of a maverick, only looking out for his own interests, ultimately, not the interests of the capitalist class that the Tories are supposed to represent. And this has led him onto a collision course with the Tories over uh, the recent year, like months and the last year. Figures like Dominic Cummings, this Rasputin Svengali-like figure in uh, Downing Street, have waged war on the civil service, threatening to remove the blob, as they call it, in Whitehall and replace, you know, establishment figures in the civil service with uh, uh, mis weirdos and misfits, as uh, Dominic Cummings called them. And of course, Brexit was completely anathema to the to the ruling class, the serious 
uh, strategists for capital did not want Brexit, let alone a hard one. And yet that's what Boris was celebrating on Brexit Day. He's lent on this rabid, hysterical layer of reactionary, xenophobic, nationalist types in the Tory party to get where he is today. And that's not just in terms of his leadership victory, but also his December election victory. And now, uh, you know, the, the finally the ruling class is saying they need someone more serious. They need the adults in charge. It also helps now, obviously, that Labour, which up till now was uh, taken over by the Corbyn movement, the, the completely unreliable uh, elements as far as the ruling class was concerned. The Corbyn movement was in control of the Labour Party, and uh, no, no longer were the the Blairites, these big business agents, uh, you know, in control. But uh, and and from that respect, Boris Johnson was always the lesser of two evils on behalf of the ruling class, as far as they were concerned. But now you've got Keir Starmer there, who's far more a, a safe pair of hands as far as the capitalists are concerned. And so he's the sort of person they can do business with. He's the sort of person who, as I said, would be more than willing to go into a national government and share out the blame and the burden and take on some of the pressures of this crisis. So what I think you're really seeing with this report is the fact that the uh, the capitalist class are wanting to clip the wings of Boris Johnson. They're wanting to, to, to try and reduce the influence of Johnson and, and Cummings and this, these uh, kind of clowns and, and circus acts that have taken over the court and, and locked, as The Economist said uh, in one of its articles, locked the sensible people away in the Tower of London. They want to get the sensible people back. The adults need to take over, let the kids go back to playing around somewhere else. And, uh, and so that, that's why you're seeing now really this open split in the government uh, between two different wings of the of, of the, the capitalist class themselves, and uh, on the one side also you see uh, how this split is really uh, also a reflection of of the the, the wider split in the ruling class uh, over how to handle this crisis. There's one wing that is putting pressure on Rishi Sunak on Michael Gove, the big business leaders who want the economy opened up, who want the lockdown ended as soon as possible, and they're putting pressure on uh, one wing of the Tory party to open up the economy as soon as possible, to keep the profits flowing in as much as possible. And then on the other side, you've got Matt Hancock, the health secretary, who's been opportunistically joined by Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings. And they reflect a wing of the ruling class that can see the dangers that lie ahead if uh, if the, the death rate spirals out of control, the, the radicalised mood that that's going to generate, the hatred that's going to generate not just towards the Tories, but the whole establishment, the whole system. And it could lead to very radical and explosive developments. And they therefore want to keep the lockdown going as long as it's necessary to, to, to try and reduce the death count, uh, not for any real uh, interest of, of ordinary people, but for their own political interest, which is ultimately the only thing, as I say, that really drives Boris Johnson. And so that's a split you're seeing in the ruling class and in the process of that split playing out, you're seeing them attacking each other. Michael Gove and other figures are, are assumed to be the leaks for many of the allegations made in this Sunday Times article. So it really, you know, what this has done, it's opened up a Pandora's box. It's quite dangerous from the point of view of the ruling class because suddenly people can see in the light of day all the cesspit, all the horrible, disgusting, sordid mess that goes on at the heart of the ruling class, at the heart of the capitalist establishment. And that in turn will lead to radicalization and again, an explosive mood, as I say, developing 
amongst workers and youth in Britain, there's going to be an inquiry. There's going to have to be an inquiry at some point, and that will be a day of reckoning for the Tories uh, party, for Boris Johnson and these other murderers, who, as I say, whose criminal actions have put thousands and thousands of people's lives at risk here in Britain. And I think the ruling class can already see what's coming. There, there's a harbinger uh, of, of big strikes and walkouts already taking place uh, you know, in, in uh, the labour movement, in workplaces where the bosses have put workers' lives on the line, where they haven't provided protective equipment. And these strikes and walkouts, as I say, they're a harbinger, they're a warning sign to the ruling class of the dangers that lie ahead, of the explosive developments that are going to lie in store. Because even when the lockdown ends, that's when the economic turmoil really starts. The Rishi Sunak's promised uh, wages, uh, wage subsidy, subsidies, he's promised uh, funds for small businesses and for the self-employed, but none of this is going to help at all. Instead, what the economists are predicting is a Great Depression-style scenario, uh, like in the 1930s, or even worse. And what happened in the Great Depression? You saw a massive swing, a massive radicalization to the left, and uh, what you had was a, a, a Labour government, Ramsay MacDonald's government, elected in 1929, that by 1931 was, was pressured by big business, by the bosses, into forming a national government. Ramsay MacDonald crossed the aisle, joined the Tories, and formed a national government to carry out the programme of the bosses. That's what they want Keir Starmer, a very similar figure to Ramsay MacDonald, to do today. But he's got his own pressures. There's this Labour leaked report, which shows all the scandalous uh, sabotage of the right-wing bureaucracy in the Labour Party over the last five years that have prevented the formation of a Labour government, of a left Labour government, sabotage against the Corbyn movement that's angered, very rightly angered, ordinary activists. And imagine now if on top of that you get the formation of a national government where Keir Starmer walks in to protect basically the interests of the bosses. That's going to lead to an enormous radicalization. What we need is not national unity. What we need is class unity in the face of the bosses. We need to have class unity to organize workers in the labor movement against the bosses' attacks in order to not make workers pay for this crisis, but make the rich, make the bosses pay for that, this crisis. I think these are the kind of developments we need to expect. And I think the ruling class, who are also astute, uh, can be astute anyway, and often will reach the same conclusions. They can see what's coming, just as we, the Marxists, can see what's coming. And they want to put in pieces. The piece they want to put in place the pieces, whereby they're going to have a government that can protect their interests. That's going to be a stable government. But there will be no stability. There will be crisis after crisis, economic crisis, social crisis, political crisis. And within these developments, within these splits in the ruling class, you will see revolutionary movements uh, building and occurring. This is what Leon Trotsky described in his history of the Russian Revolution. He said that every revolution always begins with a split at the top in the ruling class because at the end of the day, the ruling class, as I said, is trying to defend an outdated, outlived system and therefore whatever they do will be wrong. One wing will want to repress, the other wing will want to reform, but both sides will lead to ruin for the capitalists and to revolution for, for the masses. And that's the kind of perspective that we have to have in line and that's the kind of perspective that socialist appeal has. That's why we're trying to build now. That's why we're trying to build a Marxist tendency in the labor movement of workers and youth who have been radicalized by events, who can see the crisis that's occurring and can see that the only way out is the socialist transformation of society. So if you agree with that perspective, if you want to join us in that struggle, please head to socialist.net forward slash join straight away. 
get in touch and we'll put you in touch with other Marxist activists in the area, so in your area and, and across the country, so we can organize in Britain and internationally for the revolutionary developments that are on the cards ahead of us. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Marx's Voice. You can subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, or any major podcast provider. Or visit our website at www.socialist.net. And if you're able to, please donate or subscribe online and help support us in the struggle for socialism.